Kyle Brandt's Basement is brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook. Hello, my friends. It's Kyle Brandt's Basement on a Thursday and a Thursday NFL game day. We have the Broncos versus the Colts tonight. Are you ready for the Matt Ryan experience? No. You're ready for the Russell Wilson one. Just tune in and watch that gentleman. That's one of the strangest, most exhilarating experiences ever. You never know what he's going to be capable of. Uh, so we'll watch that game tonight. But in the meantime, we have all kinds of stuff to talk about today. We are going to discuss uh, all kinds of things. We're doing a Death Star segment today in which we take things we hate in sports media and blast them with enough power to destroy an entire planet and just wipe them from the earth. We got thoughts on guys wearing suits in pregames. Pre-game shows, we have thoughts on the cut-ins and the Aaron Judge home run chase and the football games. Jimmy Trainer from Sports Illustrated is going to join me and hopefully blast some things. And um, we're going to talk all about brand awareness, the usual stuff we do. You know the show at this point. It's Kyle Brandt's Basement. It's a Thursday. We do free throws to start the show. Let's see if this one's buttery because I've been kind of on fire lately, ladies and gentlemen. Go to the Sky Cam. Uh, 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 ah, short. You know what I'm starting to resent about those free throws? I think the Kyle Brandt's basement staff is rooting against me. They're so supportive in every single way. I think they're rooting against me on the free throws. And in that one, iron unkind. I really wanted to go into the weekend with a swish, but I didn't. So instead, let's go into what I love, what I hate, and what is hilarious. Hey, you know what I love? Um, I love a game this weekend, and I haven't said this, I think, since I was in college. I love Dolphins-Jets this weekend. Dolphins-Jets. This is, is this 1999? Is this the early 2000s? Do you know I was at the Miracle at the Meadowlands? I was at the Jumbo Elliott catch game. I was at the Incredible Jets comeback. Wild night in NFL history. Dennis Miller was on the call that night, Monday Night Football. Uh, I was there with my college girlfriend. We left in the third quarter. She was cold. We went home. We got all the way back to campus, and the game was still going on. I left the greatest Monday Night Football game ever played. So it's not going to be that. But I just love that Jets-Dolphins matters in a way, and I think the stakes are really high. First and foremost, if the Jets get to 3-2, and two, we got something, and they're going to be talked about. The Jets, this is their best start, 2-2, two and two, in five years. It's their most exciting start in 10 years. They got, they got that crazy win against the Browns. They beat the Steelers. Do you know they haven't won a divisional game in 12 straight? 12 straight divisional losses to the Bills, Patriots, and Dolphins. That can break this. And everybody wants Robert Sala to be a thing. You want Robert Sala to be a thing. I want him. He's unbelievably likable. Got to win this game this weekend. Got to break the divisional streak. I don't want to hear about anything until you stop 12 straight losses in the division. So the Jets thing is really big. And if Zach Wilson becomes this blue-eyed, dimple-faced assassin in New York City and is actually working and throwing and winning games, this could be pretty cool. This could be pretty cool. I mean, I, I, I want to know if this guy can play. I, I don't care. I've said this. I, I, I don't care uh, who he's dating. I don't care about his mommy. Uh, I, I want to know if the AFC East is going to be his daddy. you got to get rid of that now. Stop that. you got to win this weekend. And on the flip side, Dolphins. Dolphins, very um, really emotional week. The, the ridiculous display with Tua, and he gets carted off, and it's the biggest story in the NFL, and it's a purely horrible story. Emotional deal now. Teddy Bridgewater's coming. I don't know when Tua's going to play. 
I mean, I have no idea. Short term, long term. I work for the NFL, and I can't say with certain. So Teddy Bridgewater comes out, and they're coming off their first loss in the Mike McDaniel weekend or Mike McDaniel era last weekend. First loss, three and one. So how do they come out? And I just I, I say this all the time. I've told you a thousand times. I like different storylines to talk about. I like the variety box of cereals. So I mean, the last time I was saying, "Oh hell yeah, Jets, Dolphins!" Like I'll tell you, it was. Zach Taylor, Zach Thomas was definitely on the Dolphins. Jason Taylor was on the Dolphins. It was probably Jay Fiedler at quarterback. It was probably Vinny on the other side. Curtis Martin, Lavernius Coles, Wayne Corbett. Um, my gosh, it was, I don't know, who was the coach of the Dolphins? Maybe Dave Wanstead, Al Groh coaching the Jets. That's the last time you could really say it. That was 20-some years ago. So this is my point. I like refreshing the rivalries and making them new. Don't you get sick of talking all the time about the Packers and the Chiefs and all that? It'd be kind of cool to talk about the Jets. What if the Jets were 3-2? and two? What if the Jets were 7-3? and three? Kind of cool. I like it. I hope the Jets win this game, just for the sake of variety. But man, if they do, and what if the Giants somehow pull off some miracle? The Giants are going to lose in London. I don't see any way Davis Webb, who will probably start, is going to beat Rodgers. I'll talk about more about that game later. But I don't know. We need this Jets thing. It'd be kind of cool. Even the Dolphins getting a four and one. But Jets, God bless Al Groh, wherever he may be. But if this thing happens right now with Robert Sala, we're cooking here. Let's move on to what I hate. Has to do with tonight. All right, you know I'm not afraid of a take. Talk about them all the time here. I create them from time to time. But I, I'm not in on the take already that's sort of fermenting. It's getting ready to be picked right off the branch or poured into a glass. About, you know, I think the Seahawks are better without Russell Wilson. Now, let's just break this down. The Seahawks right now are 2-2. Two and two. The Broncos are 2-2. Two and two. Geno Smith, who I really like is playing a very, very accurate brand of football. He has, like, the highest completion percentage through four games ever. Have you seen that stat? I read it six times. Like, hold on a second. Geno Smith ever through four games higher than Marino and Montana and Steve Young? Yes. So that's all nice and everything. It's completion percentage. But I'm tired of the already... I just feel like there's such an eagerness to tear down Russ. And believe me, I love poking fun at Russ the human being because he's super cringe, man. But he's a really good football player. And I think there's them in this perception because of the Broncos' strange optics with the clock management and the internet's been bad to them and Russ is Russ and cringe and weird and all that stuff. I, I, if you didn't watch the games, you would think that the Broncos were 0-4. 2-2. They're fine. They're perfectly alive. They're treading water. They're probably going to get better. They have really good players, and we'll see if Hack is a good coach. But they're not 0-4. They're not 1-3. They're 2-2. Two and, two. and there's this rush because uh, Russ makes a ton of money and because the internet makes fun of him, and so do I. There's that entity, and then there's Gino is a cool guy and has a cool story because he's been a backup for so long, and he's had all these one-year contracts, and remember that time when his own teammate punched him in the face and broke his jaw? That was really messed up. So let's root for Gino, and I'm on that. But it has to be limited. We can't immediately jump to this, this idea that this is a net win and that Gino's going to be better than Russ, and this is a big... Now look, if you want to get into the weeds and say, well, what the Seahawks got back for Russ, fine. And that Russ was hovering over the organization, fine. 
and then it was time to move on. Fine. That's all very reasoned. But let's see what Gino can do. Come find us six weeks from now. And if the if the Seahawks are seven and three, fine. But as cool as Gino has been in the Seahawks, and no one picked the Seahawks to do squat. And we still are waiting for them to add a third quarterback in the offseason. They're like, nope, Gino and Drew Locke. We're like, are you sure, Pete? Yeah, I am. Gino got hammered by the 49ers. Just not even close to a division rival. All right, he's 2-2 two and two just like Russ is. So let's see where it goes. This could easily come off the rails. Russ has won a lot of big games. He has big game potential. He's won nine playoff games. I will be the first one to tell everybody how hilarious is this. Russ went to Denver and the whole thing just fell apart. And Seattle now is winning the division and going to the playoffs with Geno Smith and saving about $50 million to do it. That is funny. And let's run the sandwich commercial. And be careful, though. You ever done anything dangerous? We'll just play it ad nauseum here on the show. Trust me. It's not time yet. It's week five. We're two and two. I know we're eager to get there. But you can't just go to the Wikipedia and read the end of the, 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 the movie and pretend you know what's going to happen. It's not. We don't know what's going to happen. Russ is an excellent player for a lot of years. Gino is a backup quarterback for a lot of years. I'm pulling for him, but I will not be surprised if this thing is a little sparkle and fade. So I hate the rush to say, ha ha, Russ sucks. Gino's amazing. CL won this thing. Let's wait. Let's wait. Let's wait. And while we wait, let's get to what's hilarious. All right, while you were sleeping, the Falcons won a couple of games. And this is probably the first time I've said the words Atlanta Falcons since we started Kyle Brandt's basement. Just kind of off the map, low profile, stumbled out of the gates. And when they started 0-1, Arthur Smith, who, again, sounds like a made-up name, Arthur Smith, you know him maybe from the Titans if you really follow football, he is the head coach of the Falcons. Probably the 30th or 31st least recognizable head coach in the entire NFL. If you're wondering, 32 would be Matt Eberflus, Chicago Bears. He, after they lose the first game of the season, he had this really, really aggressive press conference after the loss. It says, you know, you guys, are, you're, you're gonna, you wrote our obituary already, so you're going to write our obituary now. We don't really care. It's like, I appreciate the passion, but I mean, you're, you're 0-1. I don't, it's, it's, that's like an 0-2, 0-3 speech. I thought it was a little much, but I guess it's worked because they've played better football since then, and they're managing to get a couple of wins. So, picked up a little momentum. Maybe he's feeling himself a little bit. And Arthur Smith's Falcons, they're playing the Buccaneers this week. Buccaneers have lost two in a row. A lot of things going on in the Brady world, as we know. Uh, Arthur Smith was asked about facing Tom Brady. Every coach who's a face Brady gets asked, what do you think of Brady? I'll give Arthur Smith this. He went an original route. Not the usual, well, it's the greatest, the consummate professional. No, no, no. Check out this. This is what's hilarious. Arthur Smith, head coach of the Falcons, says, quote, I don't think Brady gets enough credit. To sustain that level of success year after year, he's going to make the right play. Never mind the end of it. This guy actually said, a head coach who is a, a lifelong football man, says, I don't think Brady gets enough credit. Now, there's a lot, Brady's not perfect. And there are a certain lot of takes on Brady. I've had some myself with which to poke holes and legacy or whatnot. Brady gets a, a lot of credit. <laughs> he, he gets, uh, uh, I think sufficient credit no one really even refers to tom brady without calling him the greatest of all time and if they don't they list how many super bowls he's won usually they do both it is just a wash in credit there's 
Brady doesn't get enough credit? What do you mean? Did you ever hear that he fell to the sixth round of the draft? It's a crazy story. You would think he'd be drafted earlier because he's Brady, but no, no, he was picked 199. And not only that, there were several quarterbacks, one of them named Giamatti Carmazzi, who was drafted in front of him. Did you know T. Martin was drafted in front of him? We've been talking about how much Brady deserves credit for 22 years, coach. And he's, he's, he's such an amazing teammate, and um, he's so good-looking, and he makes everybody better. And what are you talking about? What kind of credit does Brady deserve that we haven't given him? We have to supersede sports credit and football credit. And I think we've done that, too. <laughs> like We talk about how he lives clean living, and he's a humanitarian. Like, we don't really have the means as a species, or uh, we don't have the words to give Brady more credit. I think you would have to give him a, a Nobel Prize or something, but he, he, he hasn't tried to earn that yet. It's saying that Brady is, um, it's like saying Brady's underappreciated. No, he's not. No, he's not. It's, it's, it's like, you know what? what? What are we gonna have to do for the Hollywood community to finally, finally recognize the talents of Meryl Streep? What does this woman have to do? She acts her butt off in every role. She never asks for anything. Can we recognize this woman? Meryl Streep does not get enough credit. Um, You know, there's been so many TV shows these days, and some of them just fall under the radar. You know, the show that I think really, really slipped through the cracks, The Sopranos. Why has no one ever stopped to say, now this was a great show. I know we're all so caught up in all these Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad. If you really look back at Sopranos, my take, not everybody's, really started the movement. The Sopranos needs more credit. Um, I hate to do it all sports, but, you know, I grew up in the 90s in Chicago. And I've always had a huge chip on my shoulder because Chicago is second city to New York, as always. There's this little brother complex. And I go around and tell everybody that I meet, don't you remember Michael Jordan? And they're like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, he was the best. And they're always like, nah, I think he was all right. And I'm like, Michael Jordan deserves more credit. And I can never get anybody to agree with me that, that this guy, Michael Jordan, just like Tom Brady in 2022, uh, deserves far more credit. Underappreciated. Um, you know, I'll stay in Chicago. I'm just on a roll right now. I remember I, there, was a, there was a studio downtown that made a television show. Do you remember Oprah? Not opera, Oprah. Oprah was this woman, Oprah Winfrey. She started her own TV show and she came from local news and like worked her way up and became the sensation. Never enough credit. If we're gonna talk about it, Tom Brady doesn't get enough credit. I've always really appreciated Oprah Winfrey's interview style, uh, the way she conducts herself so professionally, all the stuff that she, I love the magazine, she had a magazine, O Magazine, um, just, just the picture of grace and class and fearlessness. I liked Oprah. You know what else was underappreciated? Energy. Uh, energy and science and scientists, and I know that they're not football stars, and they're not rock stars, and, you know, no one appreciates uh, academics anymore, but back in the day, Albert Einstein really came up with some, some, some crap. 
And I, I feel like there should be much more recognition of him. He should be referenced when someone just haphazardly wants to say someone's a genius. He should be like, oh, they're like Einstein. That's what it should be like. Because Einstein, he had this one thing, it was E equals MC, blah, blah, blah. You never see that anywhere. You never hear about him. There's never been a, a weird uh, Walter Matthau movie called IQ about Albert Einstein. I just don't think it's the thing. So if we're, as long as we're rounding up, I, I agree, Brady, Coach Arthur Smith, does not get enough credit. But also, we got we to gotta, we gotta round up the others, too, because we can't just make it about him. In this era of acceptance and, and seeing people for, for really what they contribute, Brady, I think Michael Jordan, I, I really think the Sopranos, the way they did it, I mean, they shot that. They really shot that in New Jersey, guys. That's an authentic show. That wasn't like in LA. I don't know if you know that. Um, Michael Jordan, for sure, underappreciated. And I think Oprah in the in the television world and certainly the business world just just forgotten. It's like she retired and no one even remembers what she did. So I I started out by saying that I think it's hilarious. I, I'm going to change it. It should say what's important, and that is the underrated talents, efforts, and certainly the football uh, and the appearance and the accomplishments and the the forgotten about. People don't even ever talk about him. Um, so, you know, next we're going we're gonna to have to get into LeBron, but we don't have time. No one talks about him either. That's it. That's what's hilarious. No, it's not. It's what's underappreciated, and it's what's important. Moving on. We will get to, oh, man, the Death Star segment. If you're watching this show, you appreciate sports media, and you bet your butt that you hate many things in sports media, and that's why down here in the basement we have a massive green laser to blast those things with. This is... The Death Star segment. Let's go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're going to win a Webby Award for Best Segment Animation for the Death Star segment. Here's the deal. The Death Star, this large, massive, imposing laser with enough power to destroy a planet, we're going to redirect it at crap that we hate in sports media and then blast them into oblivion. There's no better person maybe in the world to do that than an old friend, Mr. Jimmy Traina of the SI Sports Media Podcast, the podcast of note for all things sports media. There he is in his brawny lumberjack look, an old buddy, Jimmy Traina. Good morning, good afternoon, Jimmy. How are you, bud? I am great. Honored to be here. Thrilled to be in Kyle's basement. Thanks for asking. How are you? Excellent. I'm I'm like, we're going to make fun of stuff in sports media. Jimmy's perfect, A, because he knows all about sports media, but it's also funny because you know nothing about Star Wars and are unapologetic about it. So you're kind of, this is wheelhouse for you. Absolutely nothing. I'm a little nervous, though, because I feel like there are things that bother me in sports media that people like. So I don't I don't want to argue with you, but, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, we'll get into it as long as no one comes after John Sterling, because Jimmy Trena will fight them 
in the yeah. streets if they do that. I'll start with something, Jimmy, and you can agree or disagree, and then you just lob something up uh, like skeet shooting style, and we'll blast it. First things first, uh, I could do a three-part series, Jimmy, on I don't like in pregame shows the end where they do the game picks, and there's a lot of subsections of that. What I really don't like is over the course of a season, they keep track of the person's record and what their pick is, and it'll be like week 12, and this person is, is 3 and 27 or 27 and 41, and there's always this contrived sort of banter about, well, I don't think the Colts are going to win, but I better pick them because I got to catch up with you. <laughs> no one cares. No one's keeping track. No one cares who's the picks king or picks queen. I absolutely despise it, and it's just wasted air. Your thoughts on the keeping records of picks at the end of pregame shows? I agree with what you're saying, but Uh-oh. I'm going to disagree on one item. When you say nobody cares, the yep. losers in the blogosphere like myself, we care because <laughs> when they pick the same team, when like the 78 analysts on yep. the pregame show all pick the same team to win, and then that team loses, that's good content for us. We get content out of that. So okay. I'd hate to see it go away just from that because it's a, it's a, it's layup content when the whole panel picks, you know, the Patriots to beat the Dolphins and the Dolphins win and, you know, we can make fun of them. But I get what you're saying. I don't understand why they have to make a pick. I don't think anyone's looking for, you know, Rodney Harrison's pick on Sunday Night Football. No offense to him. I just picked that name. But, um, yeah, that's a good one. I, I, I get what you're saying on that. All right, but Jimmy's zagging on this because he is making a good point. When you can screen cap that they all picked the Colts and there's the five Colts logo, it was even better this year because for Super Bowl picks, sometimes it would be all Bills to win the Super Bowl and you screen cap that. Yeah. So we're going to spare them because, Jimmy, I am in deference to you as a guest. If you don't totally agree, we don't Death Star it. But I know you're bringing something. Okay. What would you like yeah. to aim the Death Star laser at in sports media? I We need to be more judicious with the word epic. <laughs> and we also need to be more judicious with the word legend, but epic is really the big problem. Legend, I saw someone today, I think this morning, call the Bills comeback against the Ravens on Sunday epic. Okay, first of all, it's like week four, Jim Harbaugh screwed the game up. Like that yep. is not an epic comeback just because of the day. There, everything is either epic. Every person is now. I probably like if someone right now goes through my Twitter history, I probably called people like I probably sure. called you a legend because you are. But I saw someone today also say, in the light of Blake Bortles' retirement, that Blake Bortles is a legend. I mean, if Blake Bortles is a legend, what are we calling Tom Brady? <laughs> we need to just take it easy with epic and legend. All right, so I, I see you on epic. Like, the word epic really originates, in my opinion, from, like, epic works of literature or epic poems. Like, like the Odyssey is an epic. Um, a legend right. is, is, like, the legend of Hercules. Like, it is really big standards. I'll also raise you one, Jimmy. Let's be careful with the word icon. Because, that, like, Lamar Jackson is not an icon. He is a great player and a great athlete. But, right. like... Michael Jackson is an icon. Lamar Jackson is not. Epic too much. A legend too much. Icon too much. We have the launch codes complete. Let's lay out, Jimmy, because here comes our first Death Star blasting, and it's going to be epic. 
felt good, didn't it? You're not a Star Wars guy, but it felt that good. That was good. That was very good. No, okay. no, that was great. That's, you know. And I, All right. So Jimmy, I get, sometimes people use legend in a joking way, an icon, that's fine. But when they're saying it in a serious matter, I just want to point that out. Very yeah, annoying. like they used to say, like, you know, Charlie Whitehurst, the backup quarterback Jesus, is a legend. Like, uh, we, we get where exactly. you're going with that. All right, so the right. best part is we're, we've done one, uh, we blasted one, didn't blast the other. But the best thing is, Jimmy, we have submissions from the audience of things that they want to blast. And you and I can do, like, the Caesar thumbs up, thumbs down. First one in uh, from Ryan. Ryan says, he's talking about sports TV shows, Suits. Just dress casual, and then kind of a second take. Also get rid of the sneakers with suits. Way too try hard to be hip and cool. Jimmy, start with the first one. If you were to look at a show like the NFL on Fox or the NFL on CBS, and maybe a Bill Cower or James Brown or Terry Bradshaw, whoever just came out in a golf shirt and slacks, would that work? And does this person have a point about the suits? I think this person has an excellent point. I have... Wow. I have actually said this myself. I, I say it more for even the the men who are calling games. I don't understand why you need to wear a suit to call a game. A pregame <laughs> show especially. He's dead on there. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is just because I'm fat, but I do my best work in sweatpants. Like, I will be better in sweatpants <laughs> than if I'm in a suit. I don't know if the people on these pregame shows feel that way too, but that's how I am. I don't understand the need to be in a suit to tell me, that, you know, the uh, Giants offensive line is in shambles. I don't get it. I don't get the mm-hmm. presentation of it. I'd be more attracted. And I'm not, and I don't, I, I believe he said uh, golf shirt. I, that I don't like. Dress how you just want to dress yourself. Because I always think that's okay. weird too when like it's, it's um, they do this in baseball a lot. When the summer gets to yeah. like 100 degrees, the announcers, then they're in the yeah. golf shirts and out of the suits. Like, we're going, and I, you know, NBC does this. They used to do this on the Sunday night with Al and Chris. They'd be in like the sweater vests on like the holiday games. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're getting crazy. It's a holiday. We're not wearing a suit. So I think this <laughs> this this uh, tweeter has an excellent point. We don't need suits on pregame shows. Well, we're, our show's a little weird in the morning. Good morning, football. Like we're very casual in the off season in the summer. But then there's something about when the games start. Like we put on a blazer, and it, it feels like it gives it a little more gravitas or seriousness um you would be interested you should be in a football jersey casual you should be in a football jersey (laughs) every morning yeah you know what i'll do i'll wear uh, a jersey of of the icon lamar jackson i'll wear that every single week lamar jackson fans are so sensitive they're going to be pissed off i say that he's not an icon all right we can't get there on suits i'm not totally there i think we can do better next tweet all right here we go jimmy let's rip from the headline this guy is called Bengals Draft Scout. He wants to hit the Death Star Blaster at Aaron Judge cut-ins during football games. You are a Yankee guy. You are a New York guy. Your thoughts? Well, first of all, it's over, so he can relax. Second of all, <laughs> I see here, I'm on both sides of the fence on this. I think I wrote about this. Okay. I understand that if someone is watching a Clemson-Wake Forest college football game, they don't care about Aaron Judge. Okay? I got it. But the reaction from completely deranged college football fans is so over the top, it made me root mm-hmm. for the cut-ins. Like, the guys <laughs> at bat lasts maybe two minutes. So it's like for two minutes mm-hmm. of your life, you got to deal with a split screen. And people were acting like they were being murdered. It was a little – the reaction yep. was over the top. 
Uh, I love that you're the kind of guy who normally doesn't care, but as soon as you see how much someone does care, you're against them. And you oh, yeah. and I are similar like that. Here's why I'm anti-cut-in. Because it all stems from 98 and it stems from Bonds and in 73 or whatever. And I think we're just doing it almost in muscle memory from that. Football, way more popular than it was in 98. Baseball, way less popular in 98. Also, in 98, you could not see it 10 seconds after on your phone. You really had to have it, and it was history, and we felt like we were wrapped up in something. Uh, also, the person who's watching Eastern Carolina versus UTEP, they're probably gambling on it. I don't think they have money on Aaron Judge hitting his 63rd. It's for a 62nd, far less likely. So I think it was You'd actually be wrong on that a one. little tone deaf. Well, if they're You'd really a degenerate, they did, and I think probably I bet it. I bet it, like, I bet it like four nights in a row, yeah. So, <laughs> DraftKings and FanDuel were up Jimmy like, loves to gamble. Yeah. <laughs> loves yeah. to. One of the I, favorite listen, things I ever said, said between you and me, Jimmy, on the air was I said, yeah. I said, you know, I don't gamble on sports, but when I say a team's going to win on morning television, I feel like I'm gambling. And you were like, I will kill you. That is the lamest take I've ever heard that's it, not gambling. Yeah. And that's why I love you. There's a, yeah, I, I, there's an analogy there, but I'm not going to, I'm going to probably get beeped out. But yeah, that's bad. That's bad. All right, listen, well, Jimmy's mean, coming in here to debate today. He, we, we don't have a clean kill, so mm-hmm. let's have one more and see if we can launch the laser. This one should be good. All right, uh, Boombaka, who uh, writes for USA Today, he wants to laser negative press box food reviews. He says it's free most of the time. You're there to work. Don't like something? Go wait in line and get what you want. Jimmy, I know this is kind of inside baseball here. Your thoughts on negative press box food reviews from media members? It's a tough one. Again, should someone go into a press box and complain about the food? No. But that person is then now putting them out there, putting themselves out there to get made fun of. We learned that this yes. person's a little bit of a diva, a little bit of a pain in the ass. Like that's I. So I like that aspect of it. But listen, you know what? I actually I don't. If you have a legitimate complaint about food anywhere, I think it's fair game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's free, but if like the hamburger looks like it, you know it's gray, yeah, you can you, you're allowed to complain about it. So I, I I'm not down with that. Let me get this straight. You're going to report on the the Houston Texans game, and you go into the the thing there, and they put out some free food that you can stuff in your fat face before you start the game. And you need right. to put a picture, and you need to say this food sucks, and I give it a C minus. You need to share that. I, I don't. I'd much rather hear your thoughts on Damian Pierce and how he's running the ball. There's enough opinions about food on social media. I don't need yours that the hamburger is slightly overcooked in Houston. Are you kidding me? Uh, I'm gonna say this right now. You know I love you. You know you're one of my favorites in all of sports media. Oh, no. You're lying. <laughs> you're lying. You'd much rather read a tweet. <laughs> about some crappy pizza than Damian Pierce being able to, you know, cut back against the grain on some, you know, play that's, you know, thought of. So don't do that. Uh, Listen, Damian Pierce is epic. He is legendary. As far as rookies go, he is an icon. I'm giving it the laser. Back up. Fire in the hole. Here we go. Fire. Um, in closing, I will say this. Jimmy is perfect for this. His only imperfection, and I, I resent you for this, is you know me too well, and you talk through my BS, and you cut through me, and you know what I really like. Um, you're the best, yeah. dude. Thank you for coming by, and thank you for blasting stuff with me. 
Thank you for uh, asking and love the show. And I'm so happy you're doing it. Best of luck and success. Thank you, buddy. Go to the uh, Jimmy Tarana Sports Media po- Podcast and Sports Illustrated. He has incredible guests. He has, like will just casually have Al Michaels like it's no big deal. Everybody listen to it. If you like sports media and if you watch this segment, you also hate it, go to Jimmy's thing. Jimmy, we'll see you next time, bud. Anytime. Thanks, buddy. That's our guy, Jimmy. We love him. Old friend. Who are we going to do the next Death Star with? I think we should just have a rotating list of people who are critical of media, of which we all are. If you want to come on and do the Death Star segment and you're a known media member like Jimmy Trainer, Julie Molinero, let us know. In the meantime, uh, let's just stay aware of all things uh, in the headlines. Not brand awareness, brand awareness. Here comes Sam Pepper. Let's do it. Hello, Sam. I love how the newspaper spins. It's like an old movie where it just blasts at the screen. How are you doing, man? What's up? I'm good, man. I'm, uh, I missed you yesterday, but I'm back to keep you aware of everything. Flynn did a great okay. job, though. Oh, yeah, he did okay. He's fine. He was all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, got? well, first up, first up, the fan who was decked by Bobby Wagner on Monday night yeah. has now filed a police report. A rep for the organization that took credit for the incident told TMZ that this was blatant assault. Kyle, what are your thoughts? I think it should go to court. Uh, I hear the guy. Honestly, I'm not not being sarcastic. And it should go to the highest court. It has to. That guy was attacked and assaulted and couldn't defend himself. I think if it needs to go all the way to the Supreme Court, he goes in front of the justices and pleads his case. And just as he's about to open his stupid pie hole, Bobby Wagner levels him again. And it's all on camera. And we'll pay Bobby all the money he needs to do it. He's kind of at the end of his career. I'm sure he'll be looking for a job outside of it. Never mind media. Bobby Wagner, wherever that little pipsqueak goes, wherever that idiot on the field goes, I want you to just level him. I want it to be like Terry Tate, office linebacker. He can't get out of bed in the morning without Bobby Wagner rolling him up. Um, this guy's doing this to further his cause and extend his 15 minutes to 16 minutes. Good luck. You will always be known. Remember, wasn't there a time back in 20-something where some guy with a red smoke torch got destroyed by Bobby Wagner? That's you, buddy. You can go on and become president of the United States. We're always going to remember as you as that. That's, that's your legacy. That's it. Extend it all you want. Do I have this wrong, Sam? And, and can we also, now that if Bobby Wagner's going to hit him, can we also have Aaron Donald hit him and anybody who wants to and Aaron Donald's car? I have no time for morons who run on the field. So Bobby Wagner, I think, is a hero. If he was running for president, I'd vote for him. That's all I have to say about that. Hasn't there been a President Wagner in the past at some point? Maybe I'm making this up. I don't know. There should be, though. Put me on the spot. I, I, I know Honus <laughs> Wagner, but no President Oh, yeah. Wagner. Robert Wagner. Right. went oh. bad for him. He has his in, uh, yep. involvement in politics. We won't get into that. What's next? <laughs> next up, while you're not there, there is still a game in London. Battle of mm-hmm. three and one teams, Giants and Packers. What are you expecting in this one? All right, I'll put you on the spot again. Keep the pepper window open. Um, Sam, who is mm-hmm. the single game uh, all-time uh, rushing record? Who holds it? The most single rushing yards in one game for one player. Do you know who it is? Is it Corey Dillon? Is that still a thing? Corey Dillon uh, was it at one point. That's oh, was it Adrian guess. Peterson? It is Adrian Peterson. It was Corey it Dillon is. at one point, in which, which I respect the guess. The reason I bring this up is because I think it was 2007, Adrian Peterson had 296 against the Chargers. Mm-hmm. He dropped 296. I think Saquon Barkley is going to have to break that record to beat the Packers this weekend. That's just the way it goes. I'm sorry, Saquon. That's asking a lot. It really is. Um, Daniel Jones, from what I see, is not going to play. I mean, I've been listening to the reports all week. 
that maybe, we don't know, we're not sure. Listen, the Giants brought in people like um, Jake Fromm for a workout. They brought in A.J. McCarron. They elevated Davis Webb from the practice squad. Here's the deal. Tyrod Taylor's the backup. He left last week for concussion syndrome, uh, not concussion syndrome, uh, concussion protocol. Believe me, they're not playing Tyrod Taylor in the post-Tua <laughs> disaster. Anybody who leaves in the middle of a game, you, Tyrod might have to be sit out two years. He's not playing. If Daniel Jones plays, he's barely going to be able to move. And we all know the best thing Daniel Jones does is move. Um, I heard good news that Kadarius Toney might be playing. But listen, if Saquon has 230 yards rushing in this game, I still think the Packers win by 10. That's just, they're just too, it's too much of a disparity. And the Giants offense has been so bad, at least in the passing offense. So look, it'd be a huge excitement for the Giants to get to four and one and beat the Packers and weird things happen overseas. But that's the number, Sam Pepper. I believe you're a Giants fan. 296 rushing. If Saquon can hit that, we're going to four and one. I'm offended that you think I'm a Giants fan. I'm a Jets fan, which is even more offensive. <laughs> Uh, Isn't that but, a compliment uh, that I just gave you then? If you're a Jets fan, didn't yeah, I just give you a pay I, I grade upgrade? I couldn't take it, though. I couldn't take it. I've spent <laughs> enough uh, years of pain with that and the John Stark stunks, and uh, I had I have to live with it. Charles um, Smith? And fo- yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right, my last one for you is an interesting one. There was an interesting yeah. interview with Christian Bale in GQ. He said that he and other actors have Leonardo DiCaprio to thank for turning down roles that they eventually got. Uh, Bale said that Leo has been cast ahead of him in at least five roles and noted, yeah. quote, it's not just me. What do you make of this? I think it's a great take by Bale. And it was funny, ever since Bale had the thing on the set of that Terminator movie, where he was screaming, do you want me to tear down your lights? Like, ever since he had that, he's done really well, as far as I know, in terms of how he speaks to the media. I don't know about his personal life, but I don't know. He usually has really interesting quotes. I do think he's an interesting guy. It's a great take in that Leo is is basically the enabler in that, all good scripts to good actors not named Leo, they come through Leo first. Like, that's just the way that works. You know that guy in the Thor movies, the Idris Elba, who has, like, the sword that opens up the portal to Asgard? That's Leo in Hollywood. He's like, I will get every script, any script that you're getting. And I'm talking about the good guys, too. I'm talking about Gosling, Gyllenhaal, uh, Damon, Bale... Wahlberg, maybe like these are all Oscar dudes. Like they go through Leo, like he is the Brady of Hollywood, and he has been for a long time. Let's go through some of these. Bale says, "Oh, all the good scripts he passes on, roles that Leo has either confirmed he passed on, the director confirmed he passed on, or it's been highly reported." Um, first off, passed on Robin in Batman Forever, which was maybe the best decision he's ever made. That went to Chris O'Donnell, who was coming off a scent of a woman and was hot. And I don't know, then he went in to make probably $300 million on CSI shows. That's fine. You don't want to be in Batman Forever. Uh, Leo did Basketball Diaries instead. That's a very small imprint on Hollywood, but it's a much more respected movie. And he kind of kept it, kept it alternative. 97, this is a big one. Paul Thomas Anderson confirmed to Bill Simmons that the role of Dirk Diggler in Boogie Nights went to Leo, as they all do. Leo passed, not interested, all right? This is young Leo. Like, this is Romeo and Juliet, that era, passed. The the script was highly graphic. It's pornography, it's drugs. He's got to pull it out at the end and all that. Went to Mark Wahlberg. And I agree, I think it actually helped. I think it's better with Wahlberg. Dirk Diggler, a.k.a. Eddie Adams, is inherently stupid. Like, he's just a dumb person who's trying to become a star. 
Wahlberg plays that really well. Maybe a little too close to home on that one. Leo did Titanic instead, which he might actually regret. I wonder if he could go back if he was still do Titanic. Apparently, Leo could have been Neo in The Matrix. Can you just imagine him being like, guns, we need lots of guns. I don't know, Keanu pulled it off. Tom Ripley and talented Mr. Ripley. Damon, maybe his best performance of his career, probably better. Patrick Bateman in American Psycho, the one Christian Bale's talking about. I remember reading about that because I love American Psycho. Can you imagine Leo just down there? In the morning, I do my stomach crunches. I can do a thousand now. Again, Bale, were you better than Bale in that movie? Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars Attack of the Clones. Disastrous again. Leo going up there like, Hayden, I hate sand. It's cold, it's coarse, it gets everywhere. That probably would've been an upgrade. I mean, that's, that's a tough role. And then lastly, Peter Parker and Spider-Man, beneath him, Bush League. He doesn't do that superhero crap. It went to his old buddy, Tobey Maguire. So I think in every single one of those decisions, with the possible exception, Pepper, of Boogie Nights, I think Wahlberg was great, but Leo, it would have been a wild role for him, and I just don't know how it would have turned out if he did that instead of Titanic. That's a massive butterfly flex sliding doors thing there. Uh, Your thoughts? Yeah, well, even more so than that butterfly effect, I think of the butterfly effect of what if Christian Bale did Titanic? You know, Christian Bale ended up doing these weirder roles and more eccentric roles. I feel like if Christian Bale did Titanic, his career goes in a totally different path. Yeah. Somebody's life's about to change! (laughs) Yeah, like I can picture him really getting into it. I'm flying, Christian! Um, That would be a great one. And you know what the even bigger butterfly effect would be? is if Leo had done the butterfly effect starring Ashton Kutcher. That would have really taken it in a whole different direction. I don't know if you saw that one, but maybe we should recommend that Definitely to Josh did. Allen for the Def- film festival please don't, next. Please um, don't. No. Next, we gotta, I, I was thinking about the Josh Allen film festival. We'll talk about it a lot more. I'm thinking about like giving him a real curveball. Every week we give Josh Allen a movie to watch, and if they're really respected movies, do you think we could hit him with Roadhouse? Is he ready to watch the film Roadhouse starring Patrick well, Swayze? Well, he did say most of Roadhouse has been ruined by Family Guy, so you might have to go a little different. Um, what about, like, Red Corner with Richard Gere? I'm not familiar with Red Corner. I could do oh, Red Dawn or Red Heat or Red Sonia, but I don't know. I don't know Red Corner. That Red should Corner be in the terrible, Kyle Brandt film I think it's festival. about, like, 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a, it's a terrible one. Hmm. Yeah, Gere made some strange stuff, really strange stuff. Um, Benny, we're, we're, we're below the fold now. This is supposed to be about headlines, rant awareness headlines. <laughs> Sam, I gotta go. I gotta throw a dart. We'll see you next week, buddy. All right, we end every show. Go to the Skycam. Is the Skycam kind of askew right now? Do I need to adjust the Skycam? No, it's good. All right, let me grab one dart. Whatever number I hit, it, uh, I will do the uh, random corresponding topic to that number. I don't know what the topics are. I have no idea. But today's number, my friends, here it goes. Razor sharp dart. And... That is a six. What is topic number six? And we will get out of here. Topic number six. My favorite party game. Well, a lot of ways to go with that. So let's get out of here and talk favorite party game. Now, if you're just talking, you know, the the corny date night, stay at home. The so-and-sos are coming over, the Simmons and the Swartzes, and we're going to get out the Chardonnay in the, you know, your famous buffalo dip. Do a lot of that. Um, if you're talking about that, I'm a balderdash guy because it's just uh, just making up BS about stupid words and definitions and stuff. But if you're if there was a party game hall of fame, which someone will probably tweet and say, you know, there actually is one. It's uh, yeah, it's in Springfield, Illinois. No, if there was a party game hall of fame, 
I think the best party game ever is a little game called Spin the Bottle, and which kids, I would say, 13, sit in a circle, and you got an old, I don't know where they get a bottle, a bottle of Coke, and you spin it, and it lands on Kelly, and then you spin it, and it lands on Brandon, and then they kiss, and it's bleeping electric. I played that game one time, and I remember the name of the girl's house I was at, and there's about six of us, and it's just like I just laid out. And, uh, man, when it lands on you, you know, like in the Hunger Games, when you get your name called, like as tribute or whatever, and you're like, oh my God, I, my head's going to explode right now. And then it lands on the girl, and maybe it's a girl you want to kiss, or maybe it's like one of your male friends, and then you laugh, and you spin again, and you feel awkward. Man, I wish there was an adult version of Spin the Bottle. I think there is. I think it's called Swinging, which I hear goes on in the neighborhood I live in. People say, oh yeah, they're swinging up in that town. I've never been invited. My wife and I are almost offended at this point that people say they're swinging and no one's offered us. Anyway, we got to end the show. That's the week. Spin the Bottle, the best party game of all time. We will be back Sunday night. When you watch all the Sunday games, um, come in here. We'll do, we launch the show right around Sunday night football starting. Watch it on YouTube while you're watching the game on your phone. That's the week, my friends. Love you. Thank you. Goodbye from the basement. See ya.